This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hello, dear ones. Welcome back to the WOMED. If you've been watching Regular Heroes on Amazon, you might recognize our next guest. Her name is Dr. Nana Afoa Amin from West Hollywood and her friend and technical creative partner, Stacy Kirk. This is truly a dream team, guys, and I cannot wait for y'all to feel their energy. This week's Nursty Energy Moment comes from Molly McMillan, and she wrote in, I have to say, I was listening to the episode with Dr. Bellardo on my commute to and from work today and almost in tears for all the kind words she had to say about nurses. It is so refreshing to hear doctors take on learning from others in the medical field and making mistakes and working together as a team. This is exactly what I needed to hear this week and I appreciate starting a conversation about women supporting other women in the medical field. Thank you for all you do. Molly, I so appreciate this, and it's so relevant with the new influx of residents and students. The way we all work best is together. That's why it's a healthcare team. You can't have one aspect without the other. That reminds me, I need to get Farm on here too. Any pharmacists that want to come on and chat, shoot me a DM. You guys catch a ton of med errors and are such an important part of the healthcare team too. And guys, don't forget, I am doing a limited run of WOMED merch. Yeah merch. You get it now, it will be vintage someday, and you'll be one of the lucky few to get the cozy WOMED crewneck sweatshirts because hoodies aren't allowed in most hospitals, and a large WOMED Arctic tumbler to keep your coffee hot or your water cold. Head to the show notes or the WOMED Instagram to place your orders. Welcome back to the WOMED. Today, I have the pleasure of virtually meeting Dr. Nana Afo Amin and Stacy Kirk, the creators of the My COVID MD app. And Dr. Nana was recently on the Amazon series Regular Heroes. I'm so excited to speak with you both today. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Great to be here. I feel like there's there's so much to dig into here, but I'm curious, how did you guys meet? How did the how did the idea for the app come about? Yes, it's funny. Stacy and I met on a, a different venture that I had and as a medical student and now attending, you know, I was doing a lot of mentoring and I myself was realizing how heavy the weight of student debt was on so many young doctors and mm-hmm. nurses and healthcare people. And it was reframing where people were choosing their disciplines. And so I wanted to do something about it. I, I thought, man, if we could kind of create a Peace Corps in our own backyard, right, where you can get debt relief for doing the things you care about for the organizations you cared about, wouldn't that be just an awesome thing to, instead of all these side gates that were, people were doing, like yeah. driving for Uber and Lyft and stuff. Mm-hmm. Stacy and I met through that adventure initially because she is a cyber guru and one of the few female tech founders that I grew an affinity towards and she understands some of the issues and uh, she helped me like build a technology around like doing that. So that's how we met. Um, and then our relationship blossomed from there. Where my COVID-MD came in was being a frontline worker in the emergency department. You know, COVID hit us way before it hit 
the community, but we were seeing, mm-hmm. we didn't know what to call it. Right. So yeah, we were seeing things. And if you know anything about emergency medicine, it's all about protocols. And all of a sudden our protocols were thrown out the window because no one knew what we were dealing with. Yeah. It was like an avalanche falling, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so at that point, I just was feeling like there was so much misinformation out there to the public and no one knew what to do. The providers didn't know what to do, but I felt that there's there more and more, as I was seeing more and more black and brown people dying, it got scary. And I knew that my black and brown patients needed to know that were people like me, doctors and nurses who cared, who cared mm-hmm. that there was a problem. We may not know how to solve it, but we cared and wanted to get ahead of it. And Mm -hmm. so I galvanized a team uh, and started doing testing in the community. And we knew that the the way information were being disseminated just was not getting deep into the community. One, you know, there's a lot of mistrust about the healthcare system, period. Mm -hmm. Um, Two, you know, the the idea about screening and who to screen and who to test was just such a, like a political football. Yeah. At the same time, you know, we were seeing who were dying. So it just, it made, like, it was a no-brainer for us. And so we got out there and we started creating what we call our block party um, testing centers, where we would offer pre-testing, but we were connecting with nonprofits on the ground who knew the community so that, that we would also be able to offer it as a PSA opportunity to talk about COVID, talk about why it's affecting certain communities versus others, what they could do about it, and then build a network of wraparound social services to deal with those not those social determinant issues that we hear about in the hospital, but we kind of say, oh, call the social worker to deal with that. You know? Yeah. When you're in a pandemic, you know, you can't just call the social worker to deal with that because that has everything to do with how you dispute the disposition of those patients. And so um, we built it all in my COVID MD. It's, it was intended to be um, resources to real people in real time through trust and tethering and telehealth. So now it's a it's a downloadable app. So like anyone who has a smartphone can have this access to this information. It's actually a web app, um, so okay. you actually can go online. But yes, mm-hmm. essentially. There's three ways to access our resources. The fun way and the, the best, the fun way is the pop-up uh, centers. You can yeah. sign up <laughs> to be at the pop-up center or sign up on even an Eventbrite. And uh, we have had um, over like 15 pop-up centers. And you come, you register online, you come through, it takes about 15, 20 minutes. And then, you know, we, you leave with food, you leave, sometimes we give roses and coffee and iced tea and all kinds of stuff. So it's a really fun thing. The other way you do it is um, when you sign up through the app and fill out your profile page, you get connected to a community health partner. And that's basically a volunteer health advocate. And that person will call you and get a screening profile about what your needs are and either schedule you a home visit or set you up to go to one of these pop-up sites as a priority. The third way is for groups to either host their own pop-up private party. Um, and those private parties allow for a one-for-one model. We call all for the love. So if you're a business or a company who wants to test your organization, that you're actually also sponsoring a testing site in a local community that doesn't have access to testing. And that, yeah, so those are the ways you can get tested. I love this. I'm so, I, I can't believe you guys got this 
put together in such a short amount of time. What was what was that like from like the technical aspect, Stacey? Like trying to build this whole thing in, I mean, during a pandemic. Yeah. Um, I think I think one of the great things about Nana is that she's a visionary. She sees a problem. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, and I think both of us are this way. Like we see a problem and we're not like this should be solved with it or someone should solve this. We both are like just driven women that say, you know, if there's a problem, we we need to figure out how we can address it. And so I, I have to give a lot of credit to Nana because she and in addition to everything that she does, you know, she pushes uh, and drives. And I think in the pandemic, it's everyone's mind is everywhere. Um, but one of the things that she's great at is making the right type of partnerships and connections um, so that the technology could be um, built quickly. Um, she leveraged her, her network for the testing in terms of what we were able to also do on the security side is how do we ensure that all of this is done, but it's also done where privacy um, is not at at risk. Mm -hmm. And so there's all these technical aspects. It's not just the app, but it's also making sure that it's, you know, high quality. It's um, also making sure it's secure. And so um, she's just a driver. And so I, and I'm, and I'm a driver too. So it's kind of like, we, <laughs> she, she puts in the We're call. Very well together. <laughs> she puts in the call and then, you know, everyone is just inspired to go and and make make things happen and and just like all technology it continues to evolve so mm -hmm. you know where where it's at now is in a place where it's giving the most pressing value um to the immediate need and and it'll continue to just um you know service more expand more in terms of the features um, that it can offer that's incredible it's so people always say that, you know, like black and brown communities are disproportionately affected um, in like all areas of healthcare, but specifically with um, regards to COVID. And I feel like a lot of people, I mean, like that's being said in the news, but it's not something that I think like the lay person who's like not in medicine fully understands and grasps. And I love what you guys are doing because you've just completely like targeted these areas and you're bringing your yourself there to to teach and like actually give out the information that you know the, that these communities need but you're also someone that like they can see themselves in you know so it's like it's not as scary it's not as intimidating there's there's more trust built there and i i mean it's you are you're, you're a driver you're like that initiative that you have is just it's it's amazing i'm i'm in awe i've got chills like just speaking <laughs> with you guys right now i'm like this is awesome well stacy and i both know we stand on a shoulders of great great giants before us um you know one of the things that the the docu series did that i was shocked that it actually was going in that direction but um, so kudos to them for doing it was giving honor to my mom. Um, my mom was a critical care nurse and she was a single mom and she was mm -hmm. one of those get it done people, right? She just like, yes. there was no time to like pout and that's the problem. Okay. How do you solve it? You know, that's the problem. Okay. How do you solve it? You know, mm -hmm. and you know, she really encouraged creativity in, in you know, maybe it wasn't technology, but I was like, I was very innovative when I was young because it was just like, whatever I wanted to do, if 
I had two weeks to figure it out if it was free because she wasn't going to pay for the actual membership. <laughs> it was like the free trial. <laughs> or, or it was like, okay, you saw this toy or something and, you know, okay, this is what it could look like if you added this piece and this piece, so figure it out, you know. And, you know, you don't realize, you know, how valuable it is to not only go through adversity, but to come out with solutions to your adversity and then how mm-hmm. that compounds in your, in your everyday life, you know. And I, I, can, I know Stacy could probably say the same in her upbringing and the way she tackles technology. It's always like one big puzzle, right? Um, I don't want to speak first. She's like on here. <laughs> it's funny because I think our mothers probably are, would enjoy a nice, uh, nice chat together. Because yeah, my, my mother's my mother's the same way. I mean, even today, like when everyone else is saying, "Wow, you're pretty accomplished," my mom's like, "What's next?" <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you know, when I think of how fortunate I've been to have such a great education and to have such great mentorship, and I think of my mother who grew up with the aspiration as a kid to live in the projects. That's how bad her neighborhood was in Brownsville, uh, New York. Um, Mm -hmm. To not have a good education, not to have uh, much family support, um, and to be able to, you know, have her kids go to college, me to graduate from Stanford. Um, and, and then meanwhile, she's helping everyone. I, I used to say random people would be in our house and she'd be like, we got to help, the, we got to help them out. So between mm-hmm. like the driving me and also letting me know that you can't just drive for you, you have to drive mm-hmm. for others mm-hmm. is why I've just been so attracted to working, working on this project. I mean, my, uh, development um, tech company has um, specifically, um, you know, enjoyed the passion of doing social impact. Um, Mm -hmm. And even on the cybersecurity side, really being able to say, I'm a technologist. I'm not, I wish, you know, doctors, you know, are such heroes, but how do I be a hero um, or try to be, rise to being a hero and use technology for social good? And that's exactly the point. Like it takes a village, right? Whether yeah. you're working in the hospital or on in the community or using tech, like it, everything that we do that is successful, we don't do it ourselves. It's like an entire team around it. So, you know, in this pandemic, it was no different. As soon as I figured out, we got to get in the streets. Then it was like, okay, how do we get in the streets? Okay, who do we need? <laughs> and then yeah. all the other pieces, like how many streets are we getting on? You know, all of that. And, you know, I, I absolutely could not have done it without space. Your affinity for each other is just, it's its palpable. Like you can tell you guys both have this, this want to like help the others succeed. And I think that's so important in a partnership too. And, and you guys are so right in that. I mean, especially in the healthcare system, you know, everything works so symbiotically together. And I think a lot of the times people forget how big of like a force technology is in medicine in that, you know, we use it for like charting, we use it for, mm-hmm. you know, like our basic hospital needs, but it's like, those are basic needs that we need to function in the hospital. Yeah. And it's, it yeah. all comes down to these really drive us minds. crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Epic, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But just like thinking about those those technologist minds that are are building these these networks to keep all of your hospital data safe, but also create ways to to track 
this data? Like Stacey, mm-hmm. is that something that you're working on too, on like tracking data like that? Like you guys are obviously taking in data and results and stuff with um, the testing sites, but is, are you using that data for anything specific? We're definitely tracking data. Data is gold in in, in terms of, uh, I'll say it's the new oil as if that's been, you know, kind of how it's stated. Yeah. But using that data properly. So first is making sure we're protecting, uh, protecting all of the patients. And, mm-hmm. and part of that is making sure we, we train the volunteers. And so I'm happy for them to be using our posture platform to make sure that volunteers are trained in terms of security of that data um, and also um, HIPAA regulations. Um, but then the value of having that data is that it we can continue to be more intelligent, building on that data to see how we can serve uh, serve the community even better. So it's at, at this point, it's collection and analysis, and eventually mm-hmm. it'll be um, you know artificial intelligence and data models that'll allow for us to to without any hands um, make the right decisions and recommendations for for how we service our community. And wow. to that point, um, as as Stacy so eloquently said, it was only a technologist could, <laughs> you know, like a nerd. You know? like a nerd. <laughs> it's okay. I love nerds. Yeah, we love them. Love them. Uh, uh, big BFF. <laughs> For us in medicine, like you know, when the idea of contact tracing came out, we were like, no one wants to be traced. Already mm-hmm. people are scared and yes. in distress. And so we had a long time ago came up with, you know, the idea of tethering. You know, the reason why we're out here in the community is to tether each other to a network so no one's left behind. Mm-hmm. And so in the tethering, in the old school way of public health, where you do identify, you know, where the source case is and then where other people are being affected, we use our tethering model as our tracing model for find out where new um, peak incidents were happening. So all the community health partners uh, who were calling cases, who were being people who were tested and find out, do you still have symptoms or you have new symptoms? Um, who else lives in your home, and especially for black and brown communities, multi-generational homes, right? So mm-hmm. you, who's taking care of a grandmother? You know, all of that stuff matters and all of that stuff is it's inputted um, into our, um, on our platform. And so that when we are looking at, okay, now we got to think about mapping and where's the hot zones and things like that. We're now able to lean on the intelligence of the, the data and the technology that's built around it to produce that information. And that was very important um, to us, you know, even in the beginning um, where um, you had all of a sudden we knew the numbers were bad, but no one knew the numbers. And people yeah. were saying, remember? It was well, testing time. wasn't even like available. Exactly. They were only testing critical people in the hospital and then like people who were symptomatic and, and, you know, on the hilltop somewhere far, far away, you know? And mm-hmm. whereas the communities that are being deeply impacted just weren't getting access to testing. Or mm-hmm. worse, you would, you know, get turned away from testing because maybe the symptoms at that time didn't. Um, didn't match what we're saying. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So at that time it was like five and now there's like 20. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, oh, by the way, maybe this was a symptom back then, you know? So those are the reasons why, you know, we knew early on, it wasn't just going to be just a system or technology that's going to do it. It had to be 
that human touch because also people just needed it even in the mm-hmm. social distancing. So even if it's the voiceover touch or like here's an event that everyone's in and at, but yet I'm safe in my car, you know, and I'm yes. still part of this event. Um, that was valuable. Well, and there's so much follow-up too that that gets missed. I mean, the uh, like black and brown patients, they they don't get followed up with as much, you know, and that's exactly. part of the other problem in, in healthcare um, is that like they, they slip through the cracks and what is so important about this, this app that you guys have created that I'm, you, you've hit like all of those things, like all of those major like points that are usually missed, like with the follow-ups and everything like that. And, and, oh, and just having that connectedness right now, because I think a lot of people are 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 losing that like human connectivity in in this social distancing time too. It's just I love talking to powerful women. This is this is so amazing. Well, you've created a platform, so we're very thankful of that. Um, and it it's just the work in front of us. We don't even we just work, right, Stacy? I mean, sometimes we hear this stuff. Right? We just wake up and keep working. Yeah, I think we just talking earlier. Like when when you, I asked you when you were gonna sleep. Meanwhile, I'm like, when am I gonna sleep? But I, <laughs> right? Yeah, have either of you taken a day off? Have have, have either of you had a chance to breathe more than like twelve hours? Man, I mean, you know, the other plus side of our lives, both of us have our mothers, and so mm-hmm. um. Our kids are very much rejuvenating, um, but they also are work. And I guess for me, it's like if my if my kids okay, <laughs> I can keep going. <laughs> yeah. You know, right? I think we're fueled. I think we're fueled by our passion. I know I'm fueled. I've been asked by my staff many times, like, "How do you go like that?" And I think you know what? When you find your purpose, mm-hmm. you just get a fuel of energy um, that's unlike, you know, if you're doing some day-to-day mundane task for someone else and you know that it's not your passion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think as a mother, I go, you know what? I hope they're paying attention because I didn't know I was paying attention to my mom. Uh, as uh-huh. much. Yeah. <laughs> but, but hopefully they're paying attention and they're learning <laughs> from watching um, what I'm doing so that they are will grow up to, to have some of those those same um, good traits. Just take the good stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, you they're know, soaking I, I up everything. Exactly. <laughs> I actually have a funny story about that because I think we got to the point we were at, at one point we had a week where we had like four pop-ups in that week and I was just on my computer meeting after meeting. On top of your shifts at work, right? On top of my shifts at work. Oh my God. my husband, who is also, uh, you know, I did have to give credit for him because I couldn't do this without him, um, but was at home, you know, working from home. And we're both like in two separate rooms. And my son comes in the room after I, I get off the phone and I'm about to talk to him. And he goes, he opens his iPad. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm preparing for a meeting. <laughs> and he's a four-year-old. <laughs> That's amazing. See, he's yeah, totally <laughs> working it all. <laughs> he's like, I don't have time for you, mom. I'm preparing for a meeting. I'm like, oh, really? Who are you going to speak to? Blippi. Blippi is coming to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, I yeah, I'm watching that. all right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, kids are so cool, man. 
This episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Ugh, y'all, I love this cereal. I'm actually up in northern Wisconsin right now recording this, and I'm thinking about the box of blueberry Magic Spoon that I left at home. Probably subconsciously, because I didn't want my brother to eat it all. Apparently, sibling rivalry is still alive and well, even in our 30s. I've really been trying to cut down on the amount of gluten, sugar, and other carbs I eat, because honestly, I just feel better when I do but I also really love cereal. And I can put away four bowls at least. But regular cereal is packed full, like to the brim, with sugar and stuff that's really not that great to eat four bowls of. Magic Spoon has zero sugar, 11 grams of protein, and only three net grams of carbs per serving. And it tastes amazing. Like seriously, healthy and good. And I have a major sweet tooth. And I'm telling you, this is really good cereal. They have four main flavors, fruity, frosted, cocoa, and blueberry, along with some special ones that they roll in every once in a while. Fruity is my favorite. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. That's a lot of freeze, and it still tastes too good to be true. Go to magicspoon.com slash WOMED to grab a variety pack and try it today. And then you can thank me for bringing breakfast cereal back into your life. Be sure to use my promo code WOMED to get free shipping. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash WOMED. And use the code WOMED for free shipping. Thanks, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this podcast. That was one of the things I loved about your spotlight on uh, regular heroes too, is like you had mentioned, they they went deep in with your mother and your connection to her. And I got to circle back to that. When they showed her a picture, I was like, that's the nurse. Like that's the nurse on the unit where like, if something's going wrong, like you want her like right there with you You're because you could just right. see that you could see that about her. Um, mm-hmm. And in the spotlight that they did, like with, with your family and everything, like how you keep going and maintaining that. Like you, like you said, you, you have to be so passionate about that. I mean, you get up and you run and then you have like a dance party with your kid. And I'm like, I, I love it. I love a good dance party. <laughs> yes. <laughs> dance party is definitely necessary. And then, and again, it's just, you, you know, we make, you know, we make mistakes all the time. I've always mm-hmm. had this like, my mentor has told me, you know, fail, fail fast, just fail fast, <laughs> right? Yeah. Get through it and fail again and know you're going to fail and that won't mm-hmm. stop you. But if you're like worried about getting, you know, getting it at perfection or, you know, you, you have these ideas and you don't have people on your corner like Stacy who can say, okay, well, we got to figure out how to do that, you know, rather than mm-hmm. that's not going to work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, those are the things that help, you know, to keep, like she said, a feel um, having good people around who know your heart, know where you're trying to go, and aren't afraid to take a leap with you. Um, and that even goes for for me. It goes for my family. You know, my husband had to take a lot on when I t- when I did this, and you know, when we were first starting, you know, we infused our own money to begin. With. You know, there wasn't like a whole bunch of money that came through, and still is not a whole bunch of money that came through. Um, but it was, you know, pop up by pop up. We kept saying, "We're living pop up to pop up." <laughs> 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 <I'm kidding. laughs> 
<laughs> but um, those were those things. Those are the days where you're just like, but if we just did this and if we just did that and, you know, sharing resources um, was yeah. very important in the beginning. Um, and, and even now, you know, after the show, I think the other thing has been so phenomenal is just understanding just how many other phenomenal people are out there doing everyday things, you know? And, yeah. World changers. You know, I like to call you all world changers. Game, right? <laughs> There's so many people that just woke up one day and decided to do something about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And you don't always hear it because of the media is bombarded, right? And then mm-hmm. learning about, you know, all the tech behind it that is needed. You know, I used to think, oh, you can just put this together, right? And then I'm, I talked to Stacy. I'm like, how many hours did you guys work on that? You know? <laughs> <laughs> what is coding (laughs) what is you know and it's just like we take it so for granted and when this first happened you know HIPAA was done everyone's like oh we're loosening HIPAA so we could work together and we were all like ding 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 ding. that's danger right because you know that could just really go bad just because Mm -hmm. we use this as a crisis and then something else down the line so you know Stacy was the first one that was like look even though this is a crisis, we are going to treat this like any other time when we want to protect. So her value, her foresight, and you know her uh, and posture um, being exactly what we needed at that time um, to think about that. And I didn't have to think about that. I could just focus on the testing. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely uh, valuable. Stacy, tell me a little bit about posture because it's it's dedicated to protecting like medical information, right? Yes, patient patient uh, health information. So um, posture is just, is, is kind of the a baby that came out of um, the, the, the challenge with HIPAA compliance for um, small and mid-sized practices, healthcare providers and health tech that mm-hmm. just kind of like another social good. I mean, it is extremely expensive and difficult to make sure that you are securing your data and patient information and meeting all of these regulatory requirements. I mean, a security risk assessment every year that has to primarily be done by a security consultant, training, um, evidence, uh, 20 policies. Like, it's just a lot for a small and growing business nonprofit to be able to do. And so um, we really wanted to be able to service that community um, by saying, look, we'll take it on. Um, we'll we'll make sure that you are building the right type of HIPAA compliance program to make sure that your patients are protected, um, that your your staff is educated, um, and we'll do it at a price point that's actually realistic, unlike <laughs> many other platforms that you know can cost ten to thirty thousand dollars just to, yes. to get get to that level. So we we're just we're just so happy to be able to do that with my COVID MD and and really be um, be able to grow with them, um, making sure that um, the training is done for as they as they grow and their organization and volunteers grow. Um, and then just making sure when we get back to I don't know if there's ever going to be a normal, but um, just making a sure a new norm, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever that is, that you know, just just like the focus of 
marginalized communities, black and brown communities, why should their data not be as protected? <laughs> you know what I mean? We really want right. to make sure they get that same yes. level of protection in their information, their data. And people want to know. People really are, um, and, and the, the statistics are crazy in terms of how many breaches um, have happened since COVID because people want to know, do you have it? <laughs> and so yeah. now, now more than ever, I mean, it's the, the, um, health, these records are at risk and, and we just really wanted to rise to the occasion and be able to, to do something to, 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 to secure them. There's that gray area, right? Like with how much do you share to figure out a cure, but then you also still have to very much protect this data. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I think there's, there's a, there's definitely a way to do it, but you, people just have to be careful that they at least make that attempt. Some, some people, mm -hmm. a lot of organizations, they, they just can't afford it. So they just cross yeah. their fingers and they hope that they're not, they're not breached. They don't end up being that, that organization. Um, but that's, that's kind of why we take that focus off of, um, of, of the, healthcare providers that we work with because you've got your patient care is what you're in it for right right it's not necessarily right. but you don't at the same time want to to be have liability you don't want to have your patient's information out there um, mm -hmm. but you also need that advisory and so we're we're tech but we're also humans that actually yeah. talk with you and sit with you and come up with a plan and a strategy with you um, because you can't always use technology to solve everything so we've kind of got that happy medium between the two that's amazing. It's so happy. It's so happy. <laughs> and I think she she undersells exactly how much, like how critical that piece is for my COVID MD. One thing um, I didn't neglect to mention is, you know, um, through Shared Harvest's original mission to help professionals with student loan debt just break the shackles of this debt mm -hmm. and still do impact work. Um, so all of our community health partners are volunteer health providers. They're PAs, they're nurses, they're uh, doctors and um, social workers, public health students and active providers. But they all get either a stipend towards their student loans or mm -hmm. um, a stipend towards an emergency savings account. Um, that That's really wanted amazing. to push for, yeah. And so because they're, they're servicing by contacting patients and becoming basically essentially our volunteer um, tethering force, mm -hmm. um, what we call our health corps, um, our citizens health corps, um, they have to also be trained. And having them HIPAA um, trained and compliant, having 500 people like overnight seems like it, <laughs> um, much longer than that, but hours and hours of working with our smaller team, our, our pilot team that grew into another larger team that's grown to a larger group because of the popularity of what we're doing um, has been incredible. And, um, you know, without posture, without Stacy's uh, foresight in that early on and also negotiating for us to make sure we have the best deals for a lot of the vendors and stuff has been, has been wonderful. I can't imagine. I mean, like, I get it. I mean, I was you know, I'm a nurse, I have like a creative brain and I have a healthcare brain, but like that big old science brain, I can, I can do nurse and math health or, or like, or like health science. math. That's what I mean. All the other math and like scientific things that go along with technology. I'm like, it's a whole other world to me. So my hat's off to you, Stacey. Thank you so much for like all of the work that you do. 
Thank you. Well, I, I, my brain has got some other areas that need some help. <laughs> Thank you for the healthcare providers. Because if I see, look at blood, I'm I'm running. <laughs> Yeah, she's yet to come to a papa. She like sends her kids. <laughs> like oh. <laughs> I said, my teenager, go volunteer for me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Are you just doing the pop ups in LA right now, or are they like? Do you have one in Nashville? Do you have one? Is that like oh, the big goal? The, yeah, the goal is to make this national. We have actually popped up in four different cities. We've popped up in Atlanta, New York. Um, and Los Angeles, three major states. Amazing. Um, we are hoping um, sometime this summer to pop up in North Carolina. Um, yeah. And yeah, just keep growing as best as we can. Yeah. Well, please keep me posted if you pop up in Nashville or Memphis or anything like that. Like I am more than I'll happy. I would love to to come and assist however I can. Oh, awesome. We will definitely put a shout out to Memphis. <laughs> yes. I can yeah. I can get a I can get a crew of crew of nurses and PAs and and docs that would probably love to come with. So Ah, oh, that's fantastic. It's always yeah. fun. The more the merrier. <laughs> yes. I had another question about posture. Is it catered more towards um these like smaller nonprofits? It's it's for anyone that needs uh, to be HIPAA compliant. Okay. So um, that that's any organization that has electronic protected health information, patient health information. So oh, that's all healthcare providers. Yeah. Um, that is um, any nonprofit that is dealing with patient uh, p- patient information that's um, protected, um, and it can be healthcare technologies that are. Okay accessing data. So all of those, um, any of any of those entities um, are required to have, um, to be HIPAA compliant. And, but we, we focus more on those that could not afford to have like on, on staff security analysts or security officer, um, but still need that same level of, of advice and, and also a way to kind of get through the process as simple, <laughs> simply as possible in terms of training and policies. That's so amazing. I also love that you, I mean, your company is predominantly women of color. I think I saw a statistic on it, like yeah. 46% um, are, are women of color working like with you. Yeah. I think when you have a, a woman of color as a CEO, you're able to recruit a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little bit better. It's like clearly, <laughs> it's like, it's, we know us. there are smart and competent people out there. Right? Yes. <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of like a dream. Oh, wow. I can work for someone that looks like me that yes. is going to support uh, support me and you know and there are there's just so many talented women uh women of color um but there's no one that's kind of pulling them up and saying come mm-hmm. on let's, let's go um and so i i just i have an incredible team and incredible women team that um are just forward thinkers brilliant technologists i i couldn't do it without them <laughs> i love that and I, that's a recurrent theme here on the WOMED is how much I want to create a space where like everyone can come here and see themselves represented in different fields. And also just being a woman and being in like a seat of power, you know, like, like 
like you're in Stacy, like bringing like other people to the table. You're bringing more women to the table with you, and like just just showing like what a force like women can be. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's one of the things that just really excites me, and mm -hmm. um, seeing um, some of the people that I began to mentor and brought into my organization now showing up on the top, you know, the top one hundred in the in the world as you know what? experts. And That's awesome. Going, you know, being recruited to speak at conferences and having their own, um, you know, sites of information that people are following. It's just, that's, that's what I'm in it for. You know, how do mm -hmm. I prepare the next generation and have men and, and make sure that generation is, you know, a little more balanced than what we have now in terms of technologists, uh, having more women, women of color that are, are being able to, to have the confidence and also the platform to, to show all the great things they can do. And to Stacy's credit, you know, when women come up, women and men come up because to that regard, those mentors, she's mentoring men too, you know, and yeah. um, a lot of times people forget that it's, it's an all inclusive game. It's not just mm -hmm. one lane, you know? Um, yeah. So I think I even read that article about the security and I was like, whoa, okay, good. go at it, quality. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And the same thing also for our pop-ups, you know, we had a mission and vision of getting out there to support black and brown people in the community who were being disaffected and everybody showed up, you know? So our pop-up looks like when you see these images of protests where there's people from every single walk of life out there. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing out of our pop-ups. Our volunteers are coming from every walk of life because, you know, those of us who are passionate and are ready to commit to change and balance show up. And mm -hmm. that, that's the beauty of it all too, you know, showing up for, for humanity. Yeah. And I think that's that's one constant I've been kind of holding on to throughout this too, is just how much everybody is trying to show up for each other. Mm -hmm. So are they like donation-based right now? Or like, are you getting tests donated or do you have to buy these? Is it like a government thing or, and like, just like supplies, like, like the, the, oh my God, the needle, the, the prickers, the finger prickers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the lancets lancets oh my god oh i've been away from the bedside for part. too long ladies <laughs> too long um like lancets and like sharp we still um, call containers. them the bigger prickers don't okay. worry <laughs> it made sense to me <laughs> oh, yeah my god. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, is it, are you getting donations from people? Do you need it? Yes, yes. No, um, we have had, we've had to pay for all of our test kits. So anyone wow. who knows Abbott's at, or anyone up the chain of Abbott who wants to donate test kits, the rapid um, swab test kits, we'd love to have them. In terms of supplies, we have been very blessed and fortunate to get supplies from um, debt relief, um, direct relief, who has supplied quite a few of our um, PPE and has done them for several rounds, but we absolutely can take donations um, to um, COVIDMD at chartedharvest.org for, you know, what, like you said, lancets, <laughs> we were buying them from Amazon and then Amazon had a, like a hold. And so I had to go buy a batch because it was like a three weeks before we got the really easy ones with the mm -hmm. little um, 
uh, what's, what is it called? The, like the, the spring the, activated. The, exactly. Ones. Yeah. Yeah. So then we have to get those terrible ones. They're just like, looks so you like just pins. have to stab the fingers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I was like, with all oh. of those people, that's when we kind of in, in, initiated our consolation prize and gifts and colorful um, band-aids. So we, <laughs> we were <Nice>. doing that. <laughs> But now we're back it. to the spring. But yeah, you know, we need face shields is a big thing. You know, always mm-hmm. having enough face shields is huge. Now that we've gotten so many at going in different places, we wanted to have like a scrub fest where all the volunteers have a certain color scrub to represent their pop up. And so we're starting to buy scrubs and things like that. And so, you know, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a nonprofit, 513C, any donation in condemnations, you can write them off. Absolutely. Um, you can also invest in sponsoring a pop-up. So if, um, if you are a business and you're like, I want to sponsor a pop-up in Memphis, awesome. um, why not? Right? Yeah. <laughs> so you just contact us at COVIDMD at sharedharvestfund.org and we do everything. And then you can come and take pictures of the wonderful um, pop-up and testing site. Usually our testing sites um, we see anywhere from two to 300 people per testing pop-up. So it's pretty cool. Um, in Oakland, 600 people showed up. So we had to fundraise to get an additional day. Um, so that was, yeah. Talk about the need, right? The need yes. is so real. It's so real. Unlike any other testing site, we don't get Medicare, Medicare um, a reimbursement because we are really a nonprofit and we're not, we weren't originally like a healthcare FQHC. So it's, it's all a hundred percent fundraising and donations and um, services from um, volunteer services. Wow. And back on the test, it's just things just pop into my head here. What are you guys doing like the nasal swabs? Or are you doing the serology or the nasal swabs in addition to the serology? Or are you, are you doing, doing something different here? Oh, okay. Yeah, we're doing both. Um, with our asymptomatic um, people who want to be screened and tested for surveillance purposes, we we primarily are doing the dual antibody, not the single antibody. And our F, um, our um, antibody testing is FDA approved, and it's the t- um, IgM and IgG. So I know there's a lot of conversations about antibody testing. My take on that is my take on the historic context around research in poor communities and how. Um, healthcare has really done a, a, a disservice to communities of color because mm-hmm. the conversations that we're having about antibody testing, to be honest with you, it's another social experiment. It's an academic conversation that is leading to disingenuous way of not providing access to testing um, equally. Because if you go to affluent communities and neighborhoods and people who have private insurance, they can get any one of those tests. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, when we're talking about trying to make sure anyone who is poor and does not have a doctor or have access to healthcare to get the test, now we have all these parameters around screening and testing. So I'm, that's one thing that, you know, we don't talk enough about, but this mm-hmm. is why that's another reason why we got out there and got out there fast. Well, I'm so glad that you did. I feel like people who who hear your story and like about making these pop-ups and like getting out there and like serving these communities I feel like it's just going to empower more people to do that well I hope it does you know so that there's like you're not stretched so so thin and you might get a day off here or there (laughs) (laughs) 
what's what's next for for you guys or i guess like what's next for technology and medicine that's a great question i think you know and i'll let stacy really um ring this question um but for me i think of technology getting back to pers- being personal personal and humane um mm-hmm. you know there was a season that we were just before covid I said, you know bc before COVID. Yeah. We were... I tried to make that joke once and people are like, you're, it's AD. I'm like, you're not getting it. I got <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> oh gosh. I got um, you. I like you. it. <laughs> <laughs> you well, know, we were really moving in a direction of everything was about bots, right? You know, mm-hmm. even mental health care and services, get a bot for that, you know? And now I think people, especially with all this time span away from, you know, each other and all this social distancing, people do want to be heard. They want to be able to tell their stories and there's going to be a lot of stories to be told. And I mm-hmm. think those stories inform the way we practice and the best ways we practice and build compassion. People used to be afraid of using the word of compassion, use your empathy, very more diplomatic, but compassion is really what we're we're starving for. So I'm mm-hmm. hoping technology matches what we're starving for. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd, I'd agree. Empathy technology, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that'll become a thing yeah. like empathy tech, but yeah. oh, you wow. can make it a thing. She make can. it a thing, Stacey. <laughs> Told you she was filled with the brilliance. <laughs> oh my gosh. But I mean, I think part of what I was mentioning about posture is like the tech side of me and, you know, working with a bunch of developers and some of the some of the greatest minds in terms of cybersecurity and data privacy. Um, we created something that was technologically brilliant, but didn't have the human aspect of it. And so we had to kind of stop and say, all right, let's take all that is needed to make this easier for someone, but then let's put a human in front of it. Let's put someone that can really just sit with you and let you tell them what's going on, what problems you're gonna have, and and then make sure you we're building the technologies to solve that, not just kind of write code in a bubble. And so I, I think for, for, for medicine, for the, the world that we're now in, um, there's going to be people that are on one, as we've seen on one very extreme side, but what I've seen that just gives me so much joy is that we are coming together to bring our minds in technology and in health together to see how can we help um, and support. And so just, just like Nana said, I, I think it's going to be a really great, um, great time to see how technology really does something to, to kind of move us forward as, as, a, as a people, as a world. Because I have friends in every, you know, like in so many countries around the world, and we're all talking mm-hmm. about the same thing when it comes to technology. How do we track this? How do we help? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really in- inspiring when it's not just, you know, it's not just a one community thing. It's a global challenge that uh, people are rising up to. So I'm excited to be a part of it. I love it. I awesome. I can't wait to see what you guys do. I feel like you're going to be on the cover of Forbes and these pop-up shops are going to be on like all the major news networks. And uh, this is, this has been an incredible conversation. And back to like the data collecting thing I've been, I feel like there's so many numbers out there that, that aren't getting like reported 
effectively or, or like are like there's data that's not being collected right now. And I think people are, are like hunting for, I mean, like the media is giving out some numbers and then another Instagram influencer is giving out this number cited by this person. And I think it's, it's just so hard to find like the right actual data. No, I think it's a question of, are they really even collecting it? You know, we started <laughs> collecting demographic data from the beginning. We started collecting data of, around how many people are in the home? You know, what mm-hmm. is the generation of people in the home? Um, you know, what was your exposure before, you know, mm-hmm. then as we start getting information, then all of a sudden people are like asking these questions, you know, after the fact. But I just don't think people, I, I can't say people, I, based on my medical background and understanding and what I was seeing and reading, people weren't just asking the right questions. And a lot mm-hmm. of it had to do is they were popping up or creating these texting sites that they were expecting the communities to come to them, right? And so yeah. you've already skewed your data when mm-hmm. you put it in a place where it's far fetched for people to come to, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that was it. And then, you know, you know, you, data is only as good as those who want to invest in it. So if you don't yeah. have a diverse diverse board or a diverse um, department of public health, even, you know, <laughs> in these cities, they're not yeah. going to be asking the questions. They're not going to care, you know, and I'm, and I'm not saying that in a malicious way is you don't know what you don't know. You don't know. Yeah. Um, the best example I can say was when I, you know, I was talking to some patients who were dealing with, you know, family court issues because of COVID. But no one ever thought, like, this affects family court? Well, yeah, because if one parent is like, they may have exposure to COVID, they go visit their dad. So (laughs) then all of a sudden, the kid is not going to visit their dad for months, you know, or, you know, like those little things or someone who has asthma um, getting separated by her her kids and her kids, she doesn't have anyone to take care of her kids. And then they end up in foster care, you know, these things that, you don't think about it because you yeah. it doesn't affect you. It, yeah. it, those are not the issues in your ecosystem, right? Mm-hmm. And so we have to build more. And this is where we say you can build all the data you want and the technology you want, but no one's going to get to the crust of that if they're not a human asking the right questions. And if there's not enough, the person asking questions actually has a reference, a learned experience or reference point to ask those questions. And that's that's where diversity is beautiful. And that's why we yes. have it. Oh man, that was like the perfect answer. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Nana, thank you so much for taking the time out of your already incredibly busy schedule to share your insights and all the hard work that you've been doing. Uh, Stacy, thank you so much as well. I, I can't wait for people to listen to this episode and hear all of the hard work and stuff that you guys are doing and really start to bring those like medical and technical worlds together. You guys are such an incredible team. Thank you. Thank you so much. Where can people find you real quick? Are you guys on Instagram or anything like that or websites that, you know, people can contact you or or follow along with like all the work that you're doing? Yes. For uh, my COVID MD, we're on Instagram. You can find us at Shared Harvest Fund or a MyCovidMD on Instagram. And then um, we're also on LinkedIn a lot. We 
published a lot of um, great articles and whatnot on on LinkedIn Shared Harvest Fund. Yeah, and so you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, um, LinkedIn, Postured Up. So Postured with a D, Up is our handle, and you can follow us there or reach out to me at uh, um, on LinkedIn, Stacy Kirk. Awesome. I will put all that in the show notes. Thank you guys again so much. I hope you have a great rest of your night. Thank you so much and take care. Take care of each other. You too. Guys, I truly can't wait to see what's next for Stacy and Dr. Nana. If you're in the LA area and want to volunteer or if you want to donate or host a COVID pop-up, head to covidmd.org. There's so much awesome information on there. Follow along with their projects on Instagram at Shared Harvest Fund, at MyCovidMD, and at Postured Up on Instagram and Twitter and online, postured.io. As always, please DM your nursey energy moments to me at the WOMED. Till next week, WOMED out. Mm-hmm.